and welcome to One Footer in the Grave. My name's Andy Clark, and this week I'm joined by three other middle-aged white men um, to talk about what... I can't do it. No, I can't do it. I need a script. Well, maybe we'll just go on to what are we going to talk about? Why don't we start by explaining, Andy, what, what's this show about? I make it, notice the way I just shifted that immediately over to you because I have no clue. Well, I can talk about it from my point of view, of course. Um, okay. Because the, you know, the big question is why do another podcast? Particularly as, you know, some of us still do podcasts, John, um, and other people due to their extreme old age and listener tedium, have recently stopped doing a podcast. <laughs> and th- so the big question is, why? Why, why are we doing this? Um, and the only real reason that I can think of is, you know, we've still got an awful lot to talk about. Um, and it doesn't necessarily need to be about a particular topic. You know, we don't have to, you know, focus a podcast around web technologies or, you know, the latest use for pseudo pseudo selectors or, you know, anything like that. There's some there's a bit of pleasure, I find, being a nosy old bugger in sort of almost like listening in on, on a conversation, you know, and. Mm. I just think that, you know, particularly, you know, for the last year or so, things have been, uh, you know, a little, we've been a little preoccupied that, you know, we could do with a distraction and maybe the listeners could do with a distraction. And, you know, we might not be focused on a particular topic. We might not be providing um takeaway information that people can then you know go ahead and use to improve their life or their career (laughs) or whatever we might just be talking about scotch eggs and um you know living in a camper van but you know there's a certain amount of kind of joy to that and if people want to listen then and you know and find out a little bit more about what makes us tick then great and that's kind of my motivation for for doing this and I did unfinished business for you know 130 odd episodes and we started off at the beginning with a grand plan of you know we're going to focus on the business end of of web design and you know that lasted you know, a week or two, and then it just, you know, me being... Amateur. Me being me, it just kind of descended into talking about, you know, brioche buns and weeing in hotel kettles. Um, Oh, yes. And I just think, you know, that's okay. And if people want to listen to it and they know what they're going to get at the beginning, then fine. And if they have a laugh once in a while, that's fine too. Beautifully put, Andy. Yeah, I think that's, that's really nice. I think it also kind of it stood out in my mind as being this like web design nursing home, you know, this sort of vision of <laughs> all these people who were there from the beginning. We remember when we had to do um, IE fixes in for IE four. Um, it had that kind of feel of you know just like curmudgeonly old people just having a bit of a rant and a chat. The only option that we've got on that basis is to talk about Twiglets, which seem to be on your agenda. I just thought, I mean, I haven't looked at the show notes recently because we're supposed to have show notes that are put together. I've been diligently yeah. updating these show notes. I, I have them right here. Do oh, you not? You? 
No, I don't. Yeah. I, I, oh, okay, I'll bring it's them up. Only, it's the, only you that doesn't prepare. With, with every second that passes, I'm getting more depressed at the job of editing this show that I have set for myself. <laughs> <laughs> Over okay, the next so- ten years, just, <laughs> over the next ten years, five years of it are going to be me editing this show. Now you mentioned extreme arrogance earlier on, Paul, mm. but I think it's also extremely arrogant that we just assume that the listeners know who we are and what Good point. we do. Mm. So I think that in our best radio announcer. Uh, desert island discs style kind of voice that you know we just ought to introduce ourselves so introduce yourself paul oh come on that's unfair making me go first <laughs> well you made me go first the last time yeah but uh, okay. can't you remember uh, what your name is I'm, 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 I'm having a complete meltdown at this point. I, I, the, do you know where my mind, my mind immediately went is, am I expected to dis- explain what I do? Because no. that is just a <laughs> fundamental problem. Did, you see, did anybody see Brad Frost's um, tweet? Uh, I think it was yesterday, where someone wrote to him. He said, it's not often you, a friend reaches out and causes an existential crisis. And then he posted what his friend wrote. Do you make websites anymore? And he just couldn't answer it. He no, he just doesn't know what he does anymore. And so I totally associate with that. So anyway, right. Um, I'm Paul. Um, I have. Um, uh, I just turned forty nine yesterday, which Happy is birthday, very Paul. exciting. Thank you very much. Happy birthday! Don't you think it is massively appropriate? We're recording the first episode of this on on. April Fool's April Day. April the 1st, yes. I just think that is just so right for so many reasons. Uh, so anyway, yes, um, uh, I am, as we have gathered, a, uh, a slightly decrepit, out-of-touch, middle-aged, middle-class white guy who works in digital. And I'll leave it as vague as that. We have been um, podcasting, myself and Marcus, we've been podcasting since 2005, <laughs> Um, But previous podcasts have been very professional and boring. (laughs) Mm, Okay, not professional, but boring. That was a stretch, Paul. It really was. It it had moments of professionalism, but not many. (laughs) Well, that sounds like an ideal segue into Marcus. Uh, I'm Marcus. I've been doing a podcast with Paul since 2005. Um, uh, Paul and I met many, many years ago when we uh, started working for a, um, a... and hilariously managed dot com company, which we might even cover a little bit of in this um, uh, in this show, because we we there are some funny stories from those days. Um, and we set up an agency, um, and then Paul ran away five years ago um, to do his own thing. I've got kids, I've got grandkids. That's how old I am. Um, I used to be in a pop band as well, many 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 years ago, called Breathe. That'll do me. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm John Hicks. I've been podcasting with myself since 2015 and with, as I mentioned before, John on Rissington Podcast since 2008. So we used to have a little bit of a rivalry between Berg World and, and Rissington, but it was all good natured and good fun and, you know, respect for each other. Um, yeah, I'm a designer. I'm working in near Oxford and I paint eggs in my spare time. Do you? Mm hmm. Didn't know that. Wow. I didn't know Ooh, that. Oh, is that news? <laughs> okay, well, if, if you go to hicks.design forward slash eggs, 
Uh, you will see all the eggs that I have eaten this year. That's fantastic. So oh, so you <laughs> paint pictures of eggs. Mm. You don't I paint, I, like hard-boil an egg and then yeah. paint oh, kind of. the shell. No, no, no. I don't do like the kind of Fabergé egg thing or the kind of craft right. thing. Okay. No, I cook an egg and I paint it and I put it on a website. So... Although I've I've kind of lapsed a little bit for the last three weeks, so but uh, you know, I'll get there. I'll do a catch up. Is this because I remember years ago weird. you drew? Was it a monster a day for your son's pack lunch? Yeah, well, that was kind of yes. inspired by someone else that was doing it. Um, there's a guy I've got his name now, Stefan something um, Butcher was it? But he would uh, he would start a bit of paper. Get a bit of ink. You'd either like flick it on or blow it with a straw, and then you'd look at it and say, "Right, okay, I'm going to make this into a monster." So I was showing my son Dan this at the time, and he was. It was the period where he wasn't really eating his his packed lunch. He didn't really want to go into it. So we'd got these little like you know post-it note styles, just notes, not sticky ones, and I'd draw a little monster, put it in his lunchbox. Um, and he'd look forward to it. You know, it was a thing he looked forward to when he opened his lunch. He had this little kind of monster. So I think I did it for about a month or two, and uh, it did the job. It was it was just a nice little kind of creative process. This little, you know, you got less than five minutes, draw something, and put it in the pat lunch before he goes mm. off to school. So a, how do you find the time? And b, how is it possible that someone can make eggs? look so creative i mean it's just they're, they're gorgeous john and you just oh, you're thank weird you. you're a deeply disturbing person but um, paul edwards in the chat room has pointed out <laughs> that you have undermined the entire thing with marmite mayo oh my god that's not undermining that's bringing it to a whole new level no, seriously, Mark. I'll maybe cover that later because I say we're still trying to get the instructions done. But mm. yeah, if you do, um, it's Max Max's sandwich book. Have you ever come across this? It's a, it's a sandwich cafe in London, and he wrote this book about the perfect fried egg sandwich. Um, you need crispy fried eggs, uh, bird's eye potato mm. waffle, and marmite mayo. Mm-hmm. And else? it is. <laughs> you know, I said at the beginning in the introduction that people might not get some practical takeaway information from this podcast. <laughs> I take it all back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mayonnaise tip. Um, if you get black pudding and put mayonnaise on it, it totally changes the taste of the black pudding and the mayonnaise. It just tastes like another thing entirely. I recommend right. highly. I know what I'm doing tonight. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I've never so done shall that. We, shall we? Shall we get on yes, with I the so. with the business of of, of doing this podcast? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think I there's someone else who still needs to introduce themselves, Mister Clark. <laughs> oh, oh, yes. Sorry, yes, I do. Um, yeah, I'm Andy Clark. I live in rural North Wales, uh, where we still refer to what I do as being a webmaster. <laughs> um, we have uh, we, we have uh, we have no fibre broadband in this village at the moment. Apparently, they can't get it here because there's a block in the pipe. Believe it or not, they're going to have to dig up the road outside my house to uh, to put BT Open Reach in. Have you checked out Starlink yet? Um, no, but somebody did mention this to me on the phone the other day, so I am going to uh, I am going to check that out and. 
while I am here, you know, I haven't really left the house in the last uh, the last year or so. Not because I'm, you know, not because I'm shielding, um, but because you know, there's only so many sheep that you can go and count in a field. So, uh, and that's that. And I, I design things for a living, and um, and people pay me to do that. So, you know, generally speaking, that's what I do. We are going to be doing this uh, about once a month. Um, so please subscribe in your podcast player of choice and uh, then you'll be updated to this wonderful spectacle of um, audial magnificence. Let's talk about Starlink because Starlink is... This is, this is um, uh, basically... Um, uh, Elon Musk, um, and he is launching 12,000 low orbit satellites to provide people in rural areas with um, internet access. So it, it's basically, you get pretty good. It's like 140 down and with a, something like a 20 to 30 second ping on it. Um, but it's really pissing off uh, my child um, who is into am- amateur um, astronomy because now there are all these satellites that you can see through a telescope that just ruin the whole sky. But no, it's a really good solution for people like um, Mr. Clark, who lives in the middle of nowhere. So basically, Elon Musk is, is like a litter bug. He's just filled the sky with rubbish. Yes, he's littering space. There's many sci-fi books that have um, uh, the Earth or whatever planet is surrounded, so surrounded by junk from previous generations that they have to kind of drill holes through it or they it, they it turned it into another kind of shell or something. So, yeah, it's just the start of that process. Yeah. I think we've already, apparently it's already a problem. But I was wondering if there's going to be like a custom constellation thing. You know how you get like planes to do skywriting. You know, if you could arrange your satellites into be, you know... <laughs> Dick, dick and balls or something or, you know, or, uh, or, you know a message like you know have, have, happy 60th sandra you know up, up in the satellites that would be quite amazing wouldn't it more than no amazing. not really no i think really the <laughs> message the message that he's actually com- communicating the message that he's really communicating to people is you know screw you astro- astronomers i think that mm. that's basically what you're saying but i'm excited about it because when I we're planning to go RVing around America for a year, um, not this September, but the following September. And when I do that, I'm now going to have internet coverage everywhere I go, which is mm. very good because then I can work a lot easier and not. And the good the good thing is, is not only is it really fast, it's not got a data cap like you get from like um, a cell phone coverage, which means that I can burn through as much Netflix as I want while I travel around America. What's the plan for this um, for this nomadic road trip? Yeah, and why? Why particularly America? Why America? is because it's easy, right? I've reached an age where, let's be honest, I'm not going to be backpacking backpacking around Cambodia. You know, I think that's a bit beyond me at this point. So so we've, and we used to have a, a motorhome and it was all very nice and we enjoyed it and had fun with it. And so we thought, well, with, with our child leaving for university, um, you know, why don't we do something less boring instead and um you know that's go traveling um and 
RVing is is a great you know it's a great way of being able to work easily while traveling. Um, also, we love it. And America is just an incredibly easy place to do RVing because they're really well set up for it. And to be honest, we quite like America. I mean, obviously oh, not the people. as well, isn't it? Um, but, the, the, you know, the country's very nice. Yeah. But you had a motorhome. I remember lusting after the photos mm. of this <laughs> big phone, which I seem to remember. You can correct me if I'm going to be, uh, you know, libelous here, but you weren't actually allowed or insured to drive. <laughs> <laughs> that's not strictly true it's not strictly true no i i could drive it and i was insured to drive it but my wife is a far more competent human being than i am um uh, and and as a result she felt that in the interests of everybody's safety that uh, and and to be quite frank you know the safety of us as well that it was preferable if she was the one responsible for driving it um apparently i've got a, an attention span problem that can be problematic <laughs> while driving while driving um, so you know what's that <laughs> yeah yeah oh shady so- thing so you've obviously you know been to america you've seen maps of america have you and, and you're the sort of person I know that <laughs> likes to sit up late at night, kind of just researching and planning things for the sake of it. So, do you have like a route? Have you got an idea? Is it that far forward? Yeah, yeah. Uh, not. Uh, let me be entirely clear. I am not a planner. I am not a researcher. I'm a. Oh, that looks like a fun thing to do. Let's do that. However, fortunately, I am once again married to a person that's far more competent than I am. Um, And so she's told me where we're going. um, And I'm quite happy to follow along somewhat oblivious. Um, So we're, I believe, are we starting in Florida? Is that right, Kath? Yeah. We're we're starting in in Florida. And we're going to basically go around the outside, (laughs) fundamentally, around the edges. Um, So we're going to go all across the deep south because we've never done that up. Um, then we're going to go up through probably along the Rockies, actually, rather than right on the, the outside. Um, so, you know, up through Yellowstone and all of that. Um, then up to the top, cross the top. Then we're going to pop into uh, Canada for a little bit, then across into Maine and then down the East Coast as well. So it's... I mean, there's a lot more to it than that, but I won't bore you. There's only so much that you can listen to people talk about their holidays. I'll bring out photos if you'd like. Now, the reason that I ask is that we did, we've done two um, US road trips in the past. Um, And I've recommended doing this to, well, I think I've recommended it to you. I know I've recommended it to John in the past, you know, because it is such a great... Um, you know, it's a great thing to do, but also it's a really good thing to do, you know, with kids, even, you know, kids that are as old as, as ours, um, because, you know, it's the, it is the kind of thing where, you know, even moody teenagers can kind of get into the experience. Um, and we did a couple of these things. We did the first one uh, from uh, Phoenix in Arizona. So we flew to San Francisco, had a couple of days mm-hmm. there, flew down to Phoenix and picked up a, an RV there. It was Cruise America. 
and uh, they're a, you know like a good oh, yeah. standard um, RV rental company. And we, we, we picked up this 30-foot RV, uh, which is bigger than we needed, but you know we were going to be in it for like a month or more. And then we drove that all the way from Phoenix in Arizona all the way to Minneapolis. And then from there, we got on a plane and flew to New York. So we'd done kind of, you know, coast to coast, but we hadn't done the whole thing coast to coast because yeah. we didn't want to drive out of San Francisco or, you know, drive into uh, into New York in a 30-foot bus. Um, but it was a fabulous experience. Um, and, huh? you know, you say, oh, you know, it, 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 great for the scenery, not so great for the people. But, you know, we, we met some really interesting no, people. No, I'm joking. Along the way. No, seriously, we, did, we met some really interesting people. We met a guy in, yeah. I think it was Idaho, um, that had a female dog, and his name was Girl Dog. Um, and we met another man, I think this was in, this was in, I don't know, Wyoming or somewhere where the guy literally cut his hedge with a machine gun. So all those stereotypes that you hear about people outside the metropolitan areas of the United States are completely true. And then you would turn up there and, you know, we'd meet people that were, you know, doing the same sort of thing, except maybe they had their own RV. And these things were amazing. We met this couple that had um, they'd got an RV that was more like Led Zeppelin's tour bus, and it even had a full-size bath in it. They're so different to us in, you know, we're used to UK uh, motorhomes where you've got a chemical toilet and a, you know, and a slightly dodgy shower which drips. I mean, these these guys, they're, they're, RVs are incredible. You know, the, yeah. the, we're going to buy a second-hand one because we're there for a year. And so, you know, renting would be um, prohibitively expensive. And we're going to get a truck pulling a trailer. But these things have got slide outs and they've got full showers and proper kitchens and, um, you know, all of this kind of stuff. And it's just insane. You could live in well, a lot of people do live in these things full time. My my wife follows mm. um, uh, various YouTube channels that, that um, you know, do this full time. And there's one in particular called Keep the Daydream, which is. Um, oh, sorry. Keep your daydream. Um, which is a, a family that have been traveling and doing it for years. And, and he works in marketing. Um, and actually, it's become their full-time thing now with their YouTubers that do this kind of stuff. But they weren't, obviously, to begin with. And you can just work full-time these days and travel around and have a different view out the window every morning, which very much appeals to me. Thank you very much. It's mm. absolutely fabulous. And we, like I say, we've done two of these trips now. We did the first one from uh, Phoenix to Minneapolis, and then we wanted to do a second. But for some reason I can't remember, we actually left it until the last minute to book anything. And the only place that we could get an RV to rent for a month was from Boise, Idaho. We just knew the general area. We wanted to be in the Northwest and Boise, Idaho was the only place where we could get an RV. So we did Boise in a loop all the way from, all the way around Idaho, Wyoming, Montana, up in the north, across to Seattle, down to Portland, and then back into uh, to Idaho. 
So we fl- the, our first night's first sort of um, you know big point of entry was actually in Salt Lake City. Um, so we flew to Salt Lake City and then on to, to to Boise. So we get to New York on the first leg of the trip, and we get to immigration. And uh, you know, the, I'm used to like 25 questions at U.S. immigration. You know, they ask you why you're going, and um, you know, do you have any money, yeah. and you know, what's on your credit card, and all of this kind of stuff. The guy looks at my card. We've got the first night address on there, which says Boise. And he says to me in this dead serious voice, Are you here to see some potatoes? <laughs> and I just went, Yes. And he went, Okay. Stamp. And um, it was the easiest entry to the US because apparently you can be the world's deadliest terrorist and do no um, no harm to anything um, in Idaho. It's, Which, we've seen quite a lot no, no. of... Don't, no, 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 you can't move on from that. You've got to just quickly explain what about seeing the potatoes. What is is this like a local slang? No, sorry, is yes. It- I, I, Idaho is famous for two things, uh, really. One is potatoes. Um, it, it, it produces, you know, most of America's potatoes for French fries, and obviously they need a lot. Um, so it's a, a place for growing potatoes. And, um, and it's also famous because um, the U.S.'s first nuclear-powered city um, which is about the size of Whitney, so I don't think that you can... It's not a teeming metropolis. Um, was actually in <laughs> Idaho. And, uh, in fact, there's a cafe there that sells what they call the Atomic Burger, which is basically a burger with some, um, I don't know, atoms Radiation. Exactly. <laughs> so, so that's that. So, yeah, so that's, that's, that's the, the, the thing with Idaho and potatoes. Um but it's a fabulous, fabulous place. I would go back to Idaho any day. I have to say that with all this talk of, you know, how wonderful it would be to, uh, you know, travel the world and have a different view every morning, mm. the idea of Paul, it, it's I find it appalling, hideous. It's like you're going to be stuck in this cramped little place. I know, you, but you, uh, wait, you've always... It's awful. Well, <laughs> A, it's not cramped. It's 30, it's 30 feet long. This is not it's, not a cramped space. But yeah, it's, it's fascinating. You know, we've been we've known each other I don't know how many years, Marcus, and when it comes to travel, we're pretty much diametrically opposed, aren't we? You love you love you lo- it's not that you don't like going on holiday and stuff. Of course you do, but you mm. you're really a homeboy, aren't you? Uh, very much but so. But do you and think what, that I I think part of that so, Sorry to to cut across you. We've got so much lag on this. It's a bit of a pain in the ass. But what the listener listener might not know is, of course, in your very young days, you were a pop star, right? Um, And I'm wondering whether the fact that you travelled so much and you had to travel so much back then, whether that has kind of undermined your your love of travelling, maybe? I think that there is a definite element to that. I mean, like listening to Andy talk about, well, and you, Paul, talking about all these places in America that you want to go and see. I'm going, been there, been there, done that one, were there. And it was literally yeah. like one day to the next. But you'd 
It'd be 6am, get out of the hotel room, get on the plane. get and, and it was never in a sensible, it was like you'd fly from Seattle to Florida to Los Angeles. All, you know, it's just however, you know, how, however the radio interviews worked out. So we, we would just flip from one place to another. And after six to eight weeks of doing that, you really don't want to be doing it anymore. So I think that's fair. But I was going to say... It's very just, different, mm. though. It's yes, very different. Obviously. But it's a couple of good things. My new neighbour, I've only been here for three months, neighbour at number one. A, we've got one of the reasons I bought this house is this, we've got some huge garages out the back, which I want to turn mine into a music studio. But he's into old American cars. Uh, and he's got uh, an original Woody, you know, the old big station wagon from the 1940s, which he's doing up. But he's oh, yeah. also got a baby Winnebago. Which is the cutest thing you've ever seen? And it's like, what kind of size is that? What kind of- well, it's—I don't know—it's probably the size of a kind of like a Luton van, what long, slightly <laughs> slightly wider, but not quite as tall. And it's just—it's—it's it's so ugly. It's beautiful. It's one of those things. It's bloody amazing. There are some I'm brilliant really- things, though. There are yeah. there are some just gorgeous. You know, gorgeous vehicles, um, yeah. airstreams being the you know the classic mm, American yeah. kind of mm. caravan. But no, the experience yes. of of doing something like this um, is very different from that. You know, living out of a suitcase idea, which you know you mm. possibly think it is. I mean, you know, like mm. Paul says, they're massive inside and. Yeah. Well, not maybe massive, but they're certainly adequate in terms of, you know, in terms of space. We weren't falling over each other. Um, but also, you know, you can be as planned with those road trips as you want. You know, you, we had a, you know, a very definite timetable. You know, we'd say, you know, we never wanted to drive for more than 200 miles a day. So, you know, we'd drive somewhere, we'd stay a couple of nights in a particular place, then we'd drive on somewhere else, and we kind of had it planned. Um, and occasionally we'd kind of stray off that plan. But, the you know, the nice thing is, is that, you know, you can just do what you want in those things. And, you know, if you decide that, oh, that's a great view, I'm going to stop and make a cup of tea, you can do. Or you can say, this this is a great place, I'm going to stay here overnight. And, mm. you know, it's just a really good thing to do. And the interesting thing, I think this, and I think this is actually going to kind of, you know, maybe... Um, you know, particularly with the fact that Brits can't travel right now, I think other people are lots of people are thinking about this kind of thing. Is you know, you can work as you go, and mm. the fact that mm. you know, let's face it, you know, I'm I, apart from you know, chatting to you today, I would have sat at my desk for you know, pretty much an entire day, but if I'd have been focused and not making the work fill the time. I would have probably got done what I need to do in, you know, three or four hours. And that's what we did. You know, I wrote, you know, two books mm. on these road trips, or a lot of them anyway. And, you know, we'd, we'd get up in the morning and, um, you know, chill to the view. We'd drive a bit. We'd stop for lunch. We'd get to where we were going kind of, you know, mid to late afternoon, something like that. And I'd just sit and work for, you know, for two or three hours um, by which point the UK had woken up. So any client stuff, you know, you could fire off emails at a kind of a, you know, at a reasonable time or something. Um, and, uh, and you know, it, you can work really well like that. 
And, you know, now that we're all kind of more used to doing things mm. over video chat and, you know, there's not this expectation that you have to be in an office the whole time, I don't see any reason why, you know, even if we had proper jobs, which none of us do, but, you know, even if we had proper jobs, you could easily say to some, you know, to your, you know, to your boss, you know, I'm, I'm going to go off for a month and I'm going to work from wherever. Um, yeah. So it's a, a month- great thing to do. Yeah, a month is fair enough. It's, I, I just couldn't do it for a year. I think that's that. I, I, it takes it takes all sorts, doesn't it? Uh, a whole year. I think it's, I would miss the pub. Yeah, and, and, and to be you know to be fair, I'm not sure. I'm I'm not sure we'll be able to do it for a year. You know, yeah. <laughs> you don't know until you do it, do you? Really, with true, something like true. that. Um, and you might be right. It might be that that it, we go crazy, kill each other, and we are on national news, but. For for me, I've reached the point, you reach the point in your life where you want to do something different, right? So, you know, what do you do? You buy a fast sports car, which doesn't really appeal to me. You have an affair. Well, that's a lot of work. Um, so what does that leave you with, really? You know, Otherwise, you, otherwise that would be fine, eh, Paul? If, if someone else organised the affair for you, Paul, would you be would you be up for it then? You know, yeah, if someone, if someone else, you know, yeah, yeah. PA if someone did to, all the legwork for yeah. the affair, yeah, exactly. Otherwise, but to be honest, I mean, it kind of goes it? back to to it goes, yeah, it goes back to what Marcus said earlier about that that uh, mini Wimbago thing that that um, basically it's so ugly, it's beautiful, which is exactly what my wife says about me. So. I mean, ultimately, I don't think anybody would be willing to have an affair with me at this stage. So, you know, we'll skip that. So what do you need to know? What, 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 what experience would you, like to, would, would you like me to impart, um, you know, given my wisdom? Yeah, and, see, this uh, was experience. the idea, wasn't it? Yeah, the, the idea was that, that we would talk about this on the show so I could pick your brain. But actually, after hearing what you did, I don't think you're going to be any use to me. Because the bit that the bit that worries me at the moment, and the bit that's the unknown, is is travel visas, is visas, work visas, because obviously we're going to be going there um, uh, for a long time, and so it's like I, I don't know what the rules are around that. But of course, you only went for like a month at a time, something like that. Yeah, a month, six weeks overall. Um, so no, I honestly yeah. don't know what you would do. I think that you would. There must be a kind of um, a, a longer term tourist visa, probably not on the, you know, the visa waiver scheme or something like that. You'd probably have to, you know, and you'd have to have health insurance and be able to prove your income and, you know, yeah. all, all the usual stuff. Um, so, no, I can't offer any advice on that. I would. I, I can. Uh, this is advice. Don't when you go through customs, don't say that you're going to do work. Or don't say that uh, and look like Chris Scott, our old um, Headscape um, <laughs> founder. We were going back in, into we, we got we're working for an American client at the moment, but obviously we can't get out there. Um, but we had a, several trips a couple of years ago, and the one time I take Chris out, and I've been through, and I've got the same stamps into this is into into Detroit. I've got the same stamps, and Chris, I don't know what he said, but anyway, we're stuck in in the kind of the detention room with about a hundred other people when you've been on that long fly and it's like, and I just like, I hated him. I hated every, every out atom of his being. And it's like, cause he just looked, you know at, what he looked at the guy said, wrong. Though. basically. You know what he should have said? 
I'm here to see some potatoes. Yeah. <laughs> I keep changing the title of this episode. We've gone from eggs to RV and now it's potatoes. <laughs> Can I just say, right, we've, we've been talking about travel for about 40 minutes now. And it, it, it's, it's bizarre. Bizarre listening to people discuss travel, you know, as if the last year hasn't happened. I know. And it's... You know, mm-hmm. I just kind of, maybe it's just me, but I kind of feel a bit institutionalized after a year of lockdown. Mm. Um, I kind of feel mm. even more like, oh, no, I'm not going to go outside. <laughs> no, scary place outside. Um, well, I'm in my office. I've come, I've, I've gone a mile from my home to the office. But apart from that, you know, it just feels, I don't know. I, 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 of course I want to travel and, and, you know, do the kind of experiences you're talking about, but, I, I just find that really kind of mm. hard to think about at the moment. I know what you mean. It'd be difficult. Well, not difficult, but yeah. I would think twice about getting on the train to London now. I'm not, I have no mm. reason to, but I would definitely be like, oh, I'm not sure I want to do that. Or go on, go on the tube or anything like yeah. that. Yeah, well, I got, my, I got my first um, speaker invite to an actual physical event in September in Croatia. So I I forced myself to say yes to it, to be honest, um, because, you know, I didn't want to fall into that that trap of, you know, Mm. sooner or later, you've got to bite the bullet and go for this. So, you know, why not? So that, yeah, I'm going to give it a go and see how I feel. But I know exactly what you mean, John. It's like talking about going up traveling in America for a year feels like utter fantasy at the moment. It doesn't feel Mm. like something that's ever going to really happen. But, you know. Uh, you, you've got to, you've got a plan for something and hope for something, haven't you? Well, the, you've got to have something to look forward to. You've got to have some kind of goal for the future that mm. that makes you think, oh yeah, it'd be great when we can do that. It's a bit like one of the things in lockdown that really you know just loved uh, was Long Way Up. Oh, did everyone see yes. it? So you, you, you and McGregor yes. and Charlie Borman yes. doing another one of their um, bike tours, and actually that's what I'm thinking of. When you're talking about RV tours of America, I'm, I keep going back to the, oh, just two bikes, you know, two bikes and an extra bike with a cameraman, yeah. maybe, um, you know, just going off and, yeah, and yeah. exploring like that. But that kind of, that kind of travel documentary where people were just taking the time, you know, easing around, meeting people on the way, it was almost like a kind of, it was like a kind of a drug you know, during lockdown, to have this kind of expansion of uh, of, of where you were, mm. um, and to dream about such a journey, uh, that was just amazing. But yeah, just well, I've been doing this. Weird. Um, I've been do- making Im- plans for imaginary trips, okay. <laughs> and uh, you know, and of I, I'm you actually, have. I am gonna, I am gonna do these things. I've been talking to my friend Dan. If you're listening, Dan, hello. Um, but Dan doesn't fly because uh, you know he he, he gets scared walking upstairs. Um, so we would have to go um, somewhere by train. Um, and there's two places that we've decided that we are going to go to by train, as you know, when when it's safe and we can allow. One is going from Prestatin, which is our nearest station, to Istanbul by that train. That sounds fantastic. 
Mm. Um, and you know, would take really does, you know, would take yeah. sort of you know four days or so. Mm-hmm. Um, you can probably do it quicker, but you know, if you're going to stop off overnight in a few places along the way, yeah. Um, but getting to Istanbul by train would be fabulous. The one that I'm really looking forward to doing is going from Prestatin to Casablanca <laughs> by train. Oh. By train. Nice. I mean, obviously, it in, it does involve a ferry as well, right? Um, across the, across from I think it's Spain to yeah. North Africa. Um, but I was very disappointed that the route that they took in Casablanca, the movie, um, is not actually the route that you can now take because there's no uh, open border apparently between Morocco and. Um, Algiers or whatever the, the, oh, the next yeah. country is. Mm. But, you know, doing these kind of things, and I think that I would probably feel, you know, more comfortable about getting on a train than I would be about, you know, getting on a plane with two or three hundred other people, you mm. know, in a sealed tube. Um, but those are the kind of things that I like to do. And it's, you know, you can dream and we'll do it at some point. But it does kind of make you think... Um, well, it makes me think a couple of things. One, what the hell do people do? What are their lives like when they have proper jobs and they get, you know, three or four weeks holiday a year um, and then they haven't got the <laughs> flexibility of being able just to bugger off to America for a year and live in an RV? Um, and, you know, what what does travel actually, you know, give you? You know, what what is it about travel that, you know, that, that sort of is calling to us? For me, it's usually it's experience, isn't it? Yeah, and and that's you've I've learned over the years that experiences are more valuable than things. So that's why travel is so valuable. Mm. Mm. There is one more thing though that I would like to uh, I would like to cover because um, I, I I do think that there needs to be some. You know, some structure to this podcast. Ready some, yourselves. <laughs> some, um, you know, some kind of something that people can look forward to, you know, some kind of like, oh, I can't wait until next month so that I can find out about X, you know, building anticipation, selling the sizzle. Mm. Oh, I see. Not the yeah. sausage, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And, yes. uh, Anyway, I, I've, I've, I think I've told all of you this uh, this this little story um, before, but you know, for the listeners, let's tell this little story. But one of the things one of the things during lockdown that I've um, that I've become very enthusiastic about are you know baked snacks, um, and in particular, although I have had a little bit of a sort of a you know, I did have some deviant weeks where I ate cheesy footballs instead of. Um, my, my, my big love is Twiglets, which for those people that don't know what Twiglets are, they are a kind of maize-based, knobbly, sticky, stick-like um, snack that is made of yeast extract, and it tastes a bit like Marmite. I love these things. Anyway, the reason I bring this up was I've been eating a lot of family bag size of Twiglets over the last few months. Um, and, oh, as a slight distraction, um, you know when it says perfect for sharing on a big bag of something? That's a big lie. It's like those, it's like those double Mars bars. And they say, you know, they're, you know, they're for sharing with your partner. Not a fucking chance. Anyway, 
twiglets, eating a lot of them, happened to get a bag of twiglets and was slightly disappointed because they weren't as dark and they weren't as deliciously yeasty as I was used to. Now, I did the thing that people say that you, um, you know, or probably never do, which is to look on the back of the packet and phone up the customer helpline to complain that my bag of Twiglets was not as yeasty as I was used to. Um, and the lady on the phone was very apologetic. She got a code uh, a code off the back of the packet. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Stop, 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 stop. Stop at that point. You rang the helpline. Tune in <laughs> next time to find out what happened. <laughs> no, no, because we carry on. We carry on. I can make that happen, anyway, Paul. Got, <laughs> yes. Within, within, a, within a week, I got a £10 voucher for more Twiglets, which was... Which was a very, very nice thing to receive. Indeed, so I yes. could then, you know, I could then eat another mound of Twiglets. So it gave me the idea, and this is the idea for this podcast, is I'd like to give each of you a challenge. And the challenge is in the next month, you have to buy something and then return it. And then you can re- report back next month and tell us your experience of buying something and then returning it. And then now you can set me clarify a that. Let's clarify that because we, we, what you're talking about is not returning it to the shop. You're talking about phoning the customer helpline on the back to complain about the product. It can be either. It can be either. You can buy it in the supermarket and then take it back to the supermarket or something like that. And I don't just mean, you know, buying something from Amazon and then, you know, returning <laughs> just it because it it's back the, to the wrong post- yeah. size. That's right? not very entertaining, <laughs> yeah, Andy. not talking about that. It's a specific <laughs> challenge. So I, I, would, I would like Marcus... Oh, God. I would like Marcus to buy a pot of instant noodles and then... Obviously, you've got to, you know, either eat them or dispose of them or whatever. You can't send them back unopened. But then you have to, you know, you have to phone up the helpline or take it back to Sainsbury's or whatever and say, you know, this was not up to my expectation. So Marcus's challenge is a um, is a pot of instant noodles. I won't eat them, though. They're revolting. Doesn't matter. That could be your complaint. I, I, I'm <laughs> there you go. Why do we... I, I know with I know in improv I know in improv you're supposed to go yes and aren't you you're supposed to kind of go with these things I'm not gonna do this I'm <laughs> rebelling screw that you're not my dad you don't get to tell me what I have to do and what I don't this as Dave in the chat room has put it this is like a rubbish version of Taskmaster and I won't play <laughs> well then you are disappointing me more than usual (laughs) (laughs) Paul's just saying out loud what I'm thinking so it's fine yeah we're all kind of thinking God we've got so much to do before the next one like we barely managed to get like some sort of organisation together about what we're going to do the podcast about and then it's just like, oh, and then teacher's giving us homework. Oh, God. It's, there it's is not work. homework. It's, it's a challenge. Um, yeah. Yes. John, 
with your okay. with your love of pork products, he doesn't give up. Um, <laughs> your ch- your challenge. I shall is- pretend you've not said any of that, and I shall continue talking. <laughs> <laughs> Your your challenge is to buy and return part of, and I say this part of, um, yeah. a mini pork pie. Okay. And should we challenge bother giving accepted. Paul anything, or should we? Should we? Yeah, should yeah. We not give him one. Giving Paul a yeah. challenge. No, no. Give give Paul a challenge. If we're doing this, we'll do it. Well. You see, the, my problem is, is that I was actually quite pleased that Paul was kind of like wimping out because I hadn't thought of something that Paul could return. Whereas you guys, you know, it was it was a lot easier. So I think that we should collectively decide on what Paul has to buy and return. Sanitary products. <laughs> <laughs> Andy, wrap us up. I'm sure that. I'm sure that things will get better over time. You know, it's it's we're we're all a little bit you know we're all a little bit rusty. Um, you know, perhaps our pipes are a little bit um, you know dirty, less flowing <laughs> than uh, than they perhaps used to be. It does remind me of John's comment about uh, a nursing home for web designers. This is exactly the uh, exactly the atmosphere that um, that that conjures up. So um, yeah, you know, I I hope people listen to this kind of you know inane rambling i'm sure that you know we'll cover some in fact we did today you know cover some um you know hard hitting and uh, and and valuable topics for the listeners to uh, to tune yeah. into and and with that should we wrap up until next i think month? so i think so thank you very much for joining <laughs> us for this um inaugural episode of um one footer the grave we will see you next month god willing <laughs> <laughs>